0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Be Toad. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And I have the pleasure of actually having a co-host this time, uh, Dr. Kyle Dumper. What's going on, Kyle? Hey, how are we doing? Oh, man, everything is good. So we had the whole conversation about uh, dentists and how dentists are affected by the coronavirus. So I figured let's go ahead and bring in our partners in crime, the hygienist and talk about how hygiene is affected by uh, the coronavirus. So I have two wonderful guests, two of my friends, actually, because I usually only invite friends on. I don't care about anybody else. Uh, So I have uh, Miss Whitney Schaefer. Whitney, say hello. Hello. What's going on?
1: Uh, Nothing, just hanging out, talking some teeth talk.
0: (laughs) Don't make us sound like nerds, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Give us a little background for yourself, Whitney.
2: Just be told.
0: So, you don't do this. Go ahead and give us a little background for you.
1: Um, I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania in 2009, and I've been a hygienist for 11 years. Um, I've jumped around, I've worked for corporates, I've worked for private dentists, um, I have a lot of dentist friends. I pretty much love what I do, love my patients. Um, I've been married for six years. I have two kids five and three a boy and a girl making me have these like old lines on my face drinking wine every night but you know
0: <laughs> we're not judging we're not judging we're all, we're all drinking a little something right now um. but, uh,
1: <laughs> but other than that you know love and life okay in here right now so ripping my
0: hair out a little bit that's all good that's all good and then we also have hillary tears she's actually been on the show before she's she was on the show uh entitled um what is it the quip is crap or something like that
2: Yes. 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 I made it back.
0: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. (laughs) And so um, what we're going to do is just, you know, we're going to have the same thing that we normally do. We talk about what's going on in dentistry, but we want to hear from you guys um, about how this whole um, coronavirus has affected the hygienists and when did it all start? Okay. Um, And Kyle, you know, you jump in whenever, if you have any questions or whatever. We'll start with uh, Hillary. Hillary, go ahead and give us a little background about yourself and then tell us how the coronavirus is affecting you and your job.
2: Um, I work at the University of Pittsburgh. I've been there seven years. Before that, I was in private practice. I was in uh, like Pittsburgh Job Corps. Um, go back and listen to the quip is crap if you wanted to get the whole lowdown on me, right? Right. What what episode was that? Oh, man. It was
0: like 72 or 71. Who cares? Just go back and listen. There you go.
2: Go find me, and then you can get the rest of my story. But um, with work, um, I have been uh, working remotely, so I'm still receiving some phone calls from my patients. Everything is forwarded to my cell phone, all my emails, all my messages. Everything is to my laptop. Um, I talk to the... Um, chair, and the vice chair of my department every day. We're doing a bunch of um, workshops and meetings and getting things taken care of within the department where we didn't have time to do it before. So we have time to get everything done and kind of working remotely. It's, it's, it's been kind of nice for me because I do have four kids here. Um, the homeschooling thing is kind of difficult. Yes, show me a bottle. I'll show you my coffee cup. You need me. Goodness. So it's um, it's a little bit easier because I'm home and I see what's going on with the kids. But I'm split because I still miss my patients. I miss my coworkers. I miss my period apartment. I miss all the people. And um, everything is just up in the air. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's sort of how we're rolling. You just have no idea.
3: How long have you been working from home?
2: The last two weeks.
3: Okay.
0: And I guess it's kind of different, right? Because you actually work for the university. So you're in a yes. different avenue. Like working from home is basically you doing a lot of admin stuff, correct? Yes. Right. But 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 Whitney, you can't work from home because all you're doing is seeing patients.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I'm uh, just being a mom right now,
0: which is a full-time job. But I know that's right. And,
1: no, yeah, I'm um, trying to look at my calendar, what date it started. I want to say the 12th was like my last full day of work. Um, that week, a lot of patients were canceling, and the recommendations came out. There were no do this, do that, but maybe do this, do that. And then as patients canceled, we only had enough. Um, I guess, a patient for one hygienist, and there's two of us, and I work part-time, so usually I get the slip to be kind of pushed out first, um, and then as of the 18th, there was no hygiene patients, and just our doctors have been working since, for emergencies only. I have been home um, for two weeks, uh, just hanging out with the kids. My son is special needs, Um so this is really hitting him hard, uh, not being on routine, not going to school. Um, so it's hitting me hard because he's extra hard. Um, but I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. Um, we have dinner every night at the same time. The whole family's there. Um, we have movie nights. We play more games. There's no therapy to go to. There's no running around. It's actually kind of been nice. I'm not going to
2: lie. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I have to 100% agree with you. I didn't know how to say that in my portion, but um, yeah. It's it. There's no screaming. There's no chaos. Everyone's on on point. I also have a special needs child, so again, no the therapies. I sit here. I I notice more of what the kids are doing. So family life, I think, has gotten better. I'm able to take care of myself. I go for a walk every day. So yeah, I'm with you, 100% with yeah, you. My back doesn't hurt. My yeah, neck I'll, doesn't I'll, hurt.
3: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. feels great, doesn't it?
1: Sure does. I was telling uh, Walter earlier when we were talking. It's almost like the needed it, families needed a break. Like, the man said, "It's like we're stuck in the nineteen fifties together." And I was like, "Okay."
0: So, so okay. So, I guess that's the positive, right? We can we see that we're able to hang out with family and stuff like that. But can you let me know why you guys think the whole uh, high, like why hygiene was the first to let go, be let go?
3: Yeah, how, how does it feel to be considered non-essential by the government?
2: I love you.
0: <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead.
1: Apparently, my name is circulating on um, my opinions of the matter, but um, I didn't disagree with the why of what is going on, why these patients shouldn't be seen. It was how it was brought about. First, we were elective versus non-elective procedures. Then hygiene became essential versus non-essential. And then it just became life-sustaining versus not. And then we were just cut out completely. So it was like, we're already at the bottom of the to-do list as it is. And now we're really, the government's telling you, oh, you don't need to go there, it's not important, so just kind of knocked us down a couple decades of climbing up the medical totem pole (laughs) um but i was i like i said i i totally understand safety um you know but what is an emergency i was listening to your guys's podcast last 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 time and I have several patients that actually come once a month because they have immunocompromisations and period disease, and I actually see a lot of special needs in my office because I'm trained with my son, so those people are suffering, and I guess, you know, you can die from the COVID disease. You're not necessarily going to die from periodontal disease, but you don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty
0: mad about it. <laughs> so do you find that like okay, well, so let's talk about um aerosols, right? We know that whenever we do deep scaling root planing, we use the Cavatron. And the Cavatron releases a lot of aerosol. Yep. We can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we know that if a patient has HIV, AIDS or anything like that, any any kind of viral infection, you don't want to use the cavatron because you're basically releasing those viruses into the air. Right? We all agree on that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, yes. what if they said, "Okay, don't use the cavatron, but let's go ahead and just hand scale and use this hand scale and maybe polish." Would you feel more comfortable going to work? Or do you think that the government basically said, "Let me look out for you guys and and prevent, you know, uh, greedy dentists like ourselves, maybe, uh, maybe myself, not Kyle, from <laughs> from from kind of you know exposing you guys to this virus?"
1: Um. In my in my particular office, I'm trying, I keep looking at the calendar because I'm trying to give you guys a date. But towards the last week of I was working, patients were canceling, but we were also spacing out. And- <laughs> Um, first we had a questionnaire at the front door and a temp check. And if you, if you didn't like, if you didn't like any of your answers, you were rescheduled on the spot, but because there wasn't enough patients for two hygienists, we kind of became like, um, a team where one of us would scale and the other one would suction, like the whole time that they were doing it to kind of limit that, you know, tartar flying everywhere and saliva flying, like high suction. And then we would just take turns, um, we, had The good old fashioned hair nets and you know, we had the face masks. Um, we also wore goggles underneath that. Um, so I feel like, in terms of you know what we could do as a human to limit the amount of aerosols, I think we did try as much as we could to get those patients. Um, my particular office didn't have a really great perio system before I came. Um, I kind of changed a lot of things. My doctors are very Happy with where we went, so we've been seeing a lot more periodontal treatments in our office. So especially this month, it's the the month before tax season. Everybody's getting their money back. They want to get their teeth fixed. You know, they have that ability. And then we kind of had to shut the doors and push it off. So now they're using that income for actual income because probably half of them aren't even getting a paycheck right now.
3: Okay. Can if we took out. Uh, the government regulations and saying let's say the patient still wanted to come in to get their teeth cleaned despite of everything that's going on Uh, would you be comfortable still treating those patients or is that something where uh, with all the the news happening and it it continuing to spread is that are you kind of happy the the government stepped in and said look I it's out of your hands now Um, you don't have to make that tough decision Is that towards me? Whoever wants to answer.
1: Um, So this is where I am wholly devoted to my job. Um, I think on the level of a physician and a nurse, you know, they're sacrificing their lives. If I had a patient and their dental emergency was gum-related or bone-related in my area and there was something I could do, I would help. I would almost rather me do it than the front desk girls that maybe still be in the office helping, you know, Um, Just because I think with training and, you know, our education, we know what to do compared to somebody, you know, on the front desk end who doesn't know all those safety precautions. Um, But I would be lying if I said that I don't want to fully work on patients as as far as I was doing. I mean, I was seeing 10 to 11 patients a day working, you know, a 10 or 11 hour day. Um, But on that emergency basis, like if my doc called me right now and was like, can you just come in for this patient? I would absolutely do that for him.
2: I'm on the other aspect of it though, because I have 80 students that I see on top of 10 patients a week on top of going through modules. And each of those students have patients in the seat. So I'm running into 200, let's say 200, 300 people. You know, within a week of the people that I'm in contact with, either in the elevators, going up uh, in the uh, different areas within the school, working directly with. Um, so I am actually happy that they pulled hygienists and told us to get out of there because I don't want to bring that home and I don't want to um, get my kids sick. Yeah, that's so, okay. a good
0: for sure. Let's let's talk about that. then. actually, what you just said was very important because you got somebody, Whitney, who is like devoted to their craft. Right. Which I think we all we can all say we're all devoted to our craft. But when does when does that line come between being devoted to your craft and looking out for you and your family? Right. The reason I shut down for about a month was because I said I don't want to get sick and bring that home to my family. Right. No amount of money is worth it. No amount of, you know, if it's not a 100 percent emergency where you're literally going to die. I think you can wait. And I mean, I know that there are people going to disagree with me and like, oh, well, dentists are important. Da, da, da. I'm not saying we're not important. I also think that we have to kind of put the hierarchy. You know, we're, we're, we're not it's not that serious. If someone's going to get heart surgery versus a tooth extracted, I believe the heart surgery comes first. Let's be real. Right, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm getting at. It's like a lot of dentists I feel like would push hygienists to do that you know, hey, come in and take care of this and do this and do that, right, so now greed comes into it, and that's where I differ that's why I disagree, and I'm like, you can't be so overly devoted that you forget about your family mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 to- um, this is this is not this is not um, school you can you can so- talk
1: <laughs> i I hear everything you're saying, and I would feel like the worst human being ever if I was the reason that my family got sick. But on the last week that I was working, like I said, we weren't seeing many hygiene patients. Uh, we had very limited staffing, but we had about six or seven walk-ins that week. It was the, the week that the kind of fr- the second mandate or whatever happened where they were really shutting down offices a lot of our friends, um, their offices closed. There was a lot of dentists in our area. I'm from Beaver County right now. It's not as like crazy as Allegheny County. There's not as many dentists. I mean, there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but in one day, there were six people that were not our patients that their dentists had closed their doors and had nowhere to go. So I was almost like a glorified assistant um, where I could take an x-ray, numb them up, you know, if it was something that severe where Doc could do something that day or You know, I could have his scripts ready so he could jump from person to person, and but that—that's where I'm coming from. Where every dentist cannot shut their doors, and for the people that we can't see, you know, where you know you refer them to the emergency room or Med But I don't know if you guys read today. You, the U.S. has surpassed the amount of cases of China. Um, so our hospitals, especially New York, are already flooded with people. They're turning dorms into. You know, hospital rooms. Um, this is just where you have to—I don't know—go back to your, to your oath when you got, you know, got inducted into the world of dentistry. You know, somebody has to do it. I, I don't want it to be me, but when I had that realized wake-up call, those six patients that weren't ours walked in our door, and their faces were swollen out the here You know, that's when—that's when I was like, "Dang!" Um, I think actually, my my doctors are still working. Just them. They don't have a front desk. They are husband and wife. They are in one of their offices and not two. They assist each other, and that's it. Um, But I mean, I applaud them, you know. And they're they're not young bucks either, you know. They're in the category that could be could be hit by this, you know. But they're doing it, and I don't know it's for money or whatever. But I don't believe it's just for money.
2: I think for emergencies, you're absolutely right. Somebody needs to see them, but every doctor needs to. I mean, it's neglect to not take care of your patients. You know, you should be having an emergency line to contact your, you know, your doctor. Hey, I have a swollen face or whatever. They'll get you an antibiotic. But also keep in mind that, you know, if we surpassed, you know, every other country in the world, um, and they're telling us, you know, wherever that you're running out of masks and we're running out of PPE, why are you there getting a cleaning and we're using a mask that could be used for somebody else who is, incredibly sick I think that has a lot to do with why they're closing quote-unquote non-essential because those masks and whatnot need to be used where it's really needed and right now you can wait to get your teeth cleaned and you can you can wait to get that filling because you're okay but if your face is really that swollen contact your your dentist and your doctor, dentist should have to do something for you which I think they do
0: don't you Akka? Uh, well so they have uh, the teleduct, duct, uh, dentist now De- yeah, teledentistry now, and so basically, what that is is the ADA has actually created two codes that you can actually talk to your patient. I'm not sure what so- software they're using. If it's Skype, if it's FaceTime, if it's you know uh, Zoom, whatever it may be, right? Uh, you're able to talk to your patient and and actually charge out for that. Uh, so if some dentists are like, "I want to do that," you can absolutely do that. If they want, I can even put the two codes up uh, on the, the the show notes, but Uh, i think that's the first step right i do believe that you you can just do exactly what uh the other physicians non-essential people are doing which is kind of you know triaging and figuring out what's an actual emergency what's not right we don't always have to go in for a person whose you know uh bracket came off that's not an emergency you can go to cvs and get a little putty and put it there okay um But you're right, you know, Whitney, if someone's face is completely swollen, that is literally on the list of emergencies that you could go treat. This is tough. I mean, this is why we're all together right now. You know what I mean? Kyle, if you want to say something, because, I mean, Whitney brought up a great point and so did Hillary.
3: So my, uh, with Pennsylvania relaxing the restrictions a little bit, the, uh, and a lot of the medical community is running into The the shortage of uh, PPEs, personal protective equipment, uh, where they're being asked to reuse masks or maybe uh, not use the the right kind of mask. uh, That's going to come into dentistry because as we're all starting to open our offices back up to emergencies or to other forms of care as restrictions change, uh, would you be comfortable if your boss asked you to treat somebody if you didn't have the n95 mask if you didn't have the gown the face shield all that stuff that is supposed to keep you protected um, would a lot of medical colleagues are being asked to do that uh as a boss i don't feel comfortable asking my staff to do that but uh, I'm, I'm asking you if your places of employment gave you the choice of come in, help me out, either, uh, you know, if somebody has a periodontal abscess, do some emergency scaling and root planing, something along those lines, uh, could you come in and do this? Or would you say, look, without the the right protective equipment, I'm not stepping foot into the office?
1: It's it's such a hard question. Um, And you should never be put in this position where you have to decide between, you know, bringing an income in for your family and or protecting it obviously protect your family first but um financially with with our lives um i used to be the breadwinner i went part-time this past year um we're still trying to play catch up from that so it's like how do we you know pay our bills and you know provide for our families we don't have the type of saving that we could based off of what has happened in the past five years. So, on that, just on the basis of, you know, can I pay my bills for this month? You know, if the thought would literally my mind. But if it was a probably like a scenario case, one here and there, yeah, I probably would pop in there. I really would try. Um, but I wouldn't go in for like an eight hour day or anything like that.
0: I'm going to play devil's advocate. You know, that's what I do here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it scares me. It really does. It scares me because, you know, again, right, it just takes one person to contract this. So if anybody, to me, if 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 your dentist is even bringing this situation up and saying, hey, come in and see this one person, it just takes that one person for you to get this like, virus. So to me, I, I personally don't think that anybody should be going in if they don't have... At at least the bare minimum protection, right? The 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 uh, you don't need to have the N95s, but maybe the level threes. You know, a, a face shield. I mean, you know, good PPE would be the gown. You know, like tell everybody, don't use the Cavatron hand scale. It may take you forever, and you literally may cramp up. But at least you're protecting yourself as best as possible. Hillary, what do you think?
3: Well, I, I agree. The I, I don't know if I brought this up in the last podcast, but during an emergency or during a pandemic, I've I've read there's no such thing as an emergency. You do not go into a room, say, when Ebola happened. You if somebody's crashing, they're having a heart attack, they need immediate medical attention you do not run into that room without your personal protective gear or else you're not going to be around to save the next person. And I equate that to what's going on now. You don't know who has the disease. You don't know if you're going to get infected, if you're going to get the staff infected, their families, my family, and a lot of the dental offices don't have the right gear to protect themselves and they shouldn't be asking their staff to do this too be treating people. I mean, it's one thing if the dentist who's the owner says, you know, I'm going to go in because I feel it's my ethical responsibility, but for them to ask a staff member to put themselves in harm's way also uh, when they're not being supplied with the right equipment, I I, I think that's, you know, that's unethical also.
1: I agree. To play off of that, my doctors have never asked me to come in. Um, They're the only people in the whole building or in their office, um, they have never once had me since I was—I don't know—called laid off or, <laughs> or what, what the what the term is. Um, so they have not asked anybody, and they said actually at the beginning of March when this was kind of flying around, um, we had a meeting about it, and they said if anyone do not feel safe, you do not have to come to work. Like that was that was established from before any of these recommendations came out. Um, our front desk girl is pregnant. Um, you know, she's at that higher risk level. So, I mean, I can't speak for all hygienists in the world. I know that there's some some doctors out there that don't think about their hygienists or their assistants or their front desk. They just want the paycheck. But I don't think my particular office is like that. Like I said, I applaud them. I They're putting themselves at risk to help patients. Um, I think they're only doing it a couple days a week. They really are trying to limit it, um, but they have not once asked me to come in here. Uh,
3: okay. For, for uh, what's going on at the dental school, I know the, the deans met with the Department of Health today with a phone call. Uh, can you give us any insight on what the current status is on dental schools or do they keep you guys posted on what their thought process is going into all of this?
2: Um, I did get an email a couple of days ago uh, that they were going, like you said, to have their phone calls, talk to the higher-ups about trying to do whatever, but I don't hear anything until everything is done. So to be fair, I can't answer your question because I don't know.
3: And are, are you kind of just on a stay at home until we tell you otherwise order?
2: Yes.
0: Okay. And what about your classes for the semester? So
2: my classes for the semester are moved to the summer. So I teach uh, a preclinical course. So all of my all of my didactic stuff, I post it online. So there's an online virtual version that they go online and I pretty much videotape myself and they have all of my PowerPoints. It's just the clinical portion of sitting in front of a tibadon is the part they don't have. Not that big of a, deal i can pick it up in the summer so all of that portion of my class is just postponed it's postponed to the summer session so they just need to tweak some time a little bit so i can get some stuff in there and they're caught up i'm not too concerned
0: did the dental school close around the same time for everybody or was it just select few people that got a chance to go home like yourself and maybe the residents stayed around or anything did you know anything about that
2: um it was i believe everybody the whole university got an email would be my guess it would be my guess the whole university got an email and um actually no i take that back the dental school the nursing school and another school i'm not quite sure which one all were still there and the rest of the university was doing virtual all our campus was straight um um gone and then on the, that Friday is when they told the rest of us, you know, we need to get virtual, just keep keep things posted, we're going to keep sending you emails, and they kept us updated every uh, 25 minutes, we get another email of what's going on until they decided to just completely close down the dental school.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it was open for emergencies until the um, the ventilation mandate came out, because mm-hmm. not even the University of Pittsburgh, which is the top 20, you know, school in the state has that type of ventilation system.
0: Yeah, I've never heard that negative pressure thing. Like, I mean, do you know, Kyle, like, how you could have even, like, equip your office with that?
3: I, I've actually talked to a few dentists that put that into their office this week. Oh, okay. um, what? <laughs> it's kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's, it, the. the problem is the Department of Health didn't give any sort of guidelines to go by. They just said negative pressure, HEPA filtration. Uh, with negative filter, or negative pressure, what is the correct pressure that hey. you need for it to be correct? They they didn't give us any of those guidelines. They just said they're follow, following the CDC guidelines. Uh, the dentists that I've talked to that have implemented these systems, they have gotten a big, portable HEPA filtration unit. They take the window out of the office, put a piece of plywood in, stick the exhaust pipe out the window. Now all of a sudden, you have your HEPA filtration with a negative pressure system. It meets their extremely vague requirements, and I mean, they did that one a day or two ago, and then today, you know, the the restrictions got lifted, so they wasted all that money (laughs) not. Window out of their office, and uh, I mean, now they can see the the infected patients if they want to, I guess. But um, yeah, there people were trying to figure out ways to get the you know stay in business, whether it's for the the safety or uh, the availability to the patient or to continue to make a dollar. I'm, I'm not sure.
0: You, um, you pretty much described how I used to have like my apartment in Pittsburgh had that system for like AC. Like I put yeah. my my air conditioning, like I had the hole with the plywood and that, that was my air conditioning. That was yeah. my central air. Yeah, it, it's
3: basically a floor air conditioning unit because yeah, it exhausts it's... to the window, except it's a HEPA filter on the inside.
0: You know, I might just make one of my rooms like that just to bring back old memories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when you said that, that was the first picture. It was like my my two hundred dollar apartment. And, and that was like the system we all chipped in to buy. So now you I gotta
1: do. make sure that it's real loud when it kicks on. Oh hey, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> I had to make sure that I was still hot no matter what I did, what level it was turned on to. Um, but yeah. how do you guys? How do you guys think? Or what do you think about the future of hygiene? How is this gonna change how patients, you know, are treated? How you guys are treated as hygienists? You know, if your mindset has changed about how you're treating patients.
1: So I mean. This is probably where maybe I just have a level of ignorance that other people don't. I mean, we've survived swine flu, Ebola, um, AIDS, all of that, and and nothing has changed except for universal precautions. Maybe they'll revamp them. I don't know. Um... But I think once the right treatment gets, once they get a handle on the amount of patients that are spreading it to their patients and we kind of level off and they create a vaccine, I mean, I think it's going to be back there with the level of all of the other epidemics that weren't as big. Don't get on this. It's huge. Um, but I don't know how much is going to change. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
2: I live in a small town. I don't think anything's gonna change either. <laughs> <laughs> everything's gonna go back to the way it was, would be my guess. You know, like a little like a little blip. Everything was going steady, a little speed bump, and now everything's gonna go back. Um and slowly go back to the hectic life that we had before all of this happened.
1: That's actually one of my concerns the slowness of it you know we don't we don't know a timeline i think that's i'm a control freak myself so the fact that i can control none of this is irking me um but we don't have a timeline i think italy didn't they shut down at the end of january and now it's still end of march and they're still not up and running fully and we we just finally got our kind of act together and even college kids are out partying still so um what i'm worried about is you know I have a small practice, there's two hygienists at the one office, two at the other office, you know, patients are still going to be weary and scared, I don't want to say scared, but scared at first to kind of leave, getting back into that routine, you know, what if my doctor, because of the financial hit that he's taking, I don't know their financial plan, you know, what if he only brings one of us back until it picks up, you know, that that prolongs me not receiving an income even further, you know, I applied for unemployment on Sunday, I didn't even, give a letter or anything yet you know Um, so that's kind of my fear is the the slowness of it you know you know how are we going to bounce back from this month to possibly three months of them not receiving you know an income in terms of seeing patients me not seeing them you know are they going to cut pay cuts you know that's a thing you know how are they going to make up the deficit for the year Um, I'm already part-time so you know, my income's not as big as most. <laughs> right. That's a fear that I have. And I guess, I don't know if it's everyone.
3: <laughs> it absolutely is. It's um, and, and that being a practice owner, that's something I put a lot of thought into is, uh, and, and I told my staff, you everybody's going to have a job when we come back. We're going to bounce back from this. It might take a little bit of time. But um, I, being the owner, you have to consider... You know, how the business is doing, but you also have to be able to take care of the employees and uh, make sure you're able to provide them a living, too. So I, I totally get the whole being afraid of the unknown, what's going to happen, because we're, we're all pretty much having that same fear right now.
2: <laughs> Into the unknown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the three old little girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, how are you? I mean, you're different, right? Because you're not in private practice. The school's paying you. Are you still getting paid while you're on this uh, this hiatus or whatever you want to call it? Or, you know, is this something that you're also been cut off and they're telling you to go file for unemployment?
2: Well, the school did not close. They will tell you that 10,000 times. The school did not close. I'm still here. Um, You can still contact me. I can still teach you. I can still do whatever. You can still send me emails and I can still teach, which I did. I finished out my course. Um, I'm still having meetings. I'm still talking to the chair and the vice chair of my department. Um, We're still touching base and we're still like today we were trying to uh, make arrangements with what we're doing with all the classes that run through Perio. I mean, everything is still, we're still, we're still working. I'm not sitting here twiddling my thumbs or homeschooling all day long. I'm still um, doing the the Microsoft Teams thing and there's 12 of us on there and we're all talking and whatnot for, for hours a day. So yes, I'm still getting paid. Although the private practice portion of the university, where I see patients and get paid per production, obviously has come to a halt. I'm not seeing anybody, therefore I'm not getting that that second pay. So, I did get I did get a hit. Um, so yeah, I got a hit. A third of my income got sliced. So,
0: well, it sounds like you, you are they looking for any any paradonas. Uh, I mean, for right now, I could work. You know, temporarily. <laughs> I'll come back up north. You know, I'm sitting my ass at home for for a month or two here. Pittsburgh already
1: got rid of you. We can't I have know, you right? coming back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm be the, I'll be the only one that they're like, yeah, we don't want you back. It's okay. We'll we'll deal with the shortage. Um, man, has, has any of this
3: that's happening? Caused you to start second guess continuing with dentistry? Uh, as things continue to get worse, at what point do you are you all in no matter what happens? If this d- disease continues to spread, if it mutates, if it's something we can't get a handle on, uh at what point do you say, I'm going to look at you know other avenues of employment outside of dentistry? Or is it uh, you know no matter what happens with dentistry, no matter the risk i'm 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 committed to this profession, and it, it's what I love and it's what I'm gonna do forever
2: to be honest with you, I never thought of it that way. I would assume that eventually this too shall pass, right um, actually, I'm probably there um with uh Whitney. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> that um you know you you kind of second guess working all together you know how she said that she went part time and you know she's at home with her kids more like i i think i'm i'm very blessed i'm very fortunate to have my husband be able to to carry this family um and i could stop working um i i work to be sane because of four kids to look at life differently a little bit here and say, wow, like I'm really, I'm missing out a little bit. You know, I, I so far it's been two weeks. Like this knock on wood, it's been two weeks. I've, I've actually enjoyed it being home, but I also enjoyed, you know, doing the virtual stuff with, with my team at at work and I miss my, my team. I miss all the doctors there. And it's like that drive into Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm traveling almost, three hours a day just in travel. And I really don't miss that, to be honest with you. I don't miss it. I don't miss getting on the bus. I don't miss the transfer in Wilkinsburg. I don't miss waiting outside in the freezing cold and having being wet from my thighs the whole way down to my shoes when it's raining. I don't miss that at all. So, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe so, like the wrong one to ask.
0: So she, she just basically quit um, on the podcast. So that's good. So uh, we'll send this to uh, the dean and tell him, look, Hillary quit. Okay. Don't make it awkward. <laughs> she just quit right now. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs>
2: no, that's not it. I, I do, I do like my team. Though I really do love my Perio people. I really, really do love, love the basement of of Pit. I do love them. Now I, I love my family too, and I think I need to do things a little different. Yeah. When things move back in, figure out what I need to cut out so I can get some of this time that I really do enjoy with my with my kids. I mean, and I like seeing my husband and I like not being stressed and really do like it, but I do like my job too. So I'm all in. To answer your question, I'm all in. Whatever happens, I will be back at Pitt and I will be doing my thing and I'll be okay and happy.
0: I don't know if I believe the last part, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Whitney, go ahead.
2: I saw like a little smile there. Did you see it, or should I come? Close yeah, that to was mouth? a that
0: was a fake smile. That was a completely fake smile. Uh, w- Whitney, what about yourself?
1: Um, you know me from you know oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I am an extrovert. I am a social butterfly. Right. I was not made <laughs> to sit in quarantine areas. Um, I. Live, eat, and breathe dental hygiene. I know that sounds so corny, and nobody's that committed to their job. But it broke my heart to go part time. But I agree with Hillary. Um, I I loved it because I got to be around my kids more and help my son, um, and my daughter, and help them. So the part time aspect, I, I love. But um, I love hearing about my patients, and you know, Mr. So and So's cat, and you know, the hip surgery they had last week, and. I, I live for that type of thing. Um, to sit at home every day with my children, where where that's a blessing, is a little bit hard. <laughs> I've have always given stay home moms props, um, and I won't talk about anybody being harder or not as hard as you know what I do. But I think Hillary was saying, you know, my son's special needs; he's a little bit, you know, harder to deal with on an everyday basis. So going to work was kind of a kind of a breath, breath of air, I guess. Um, but I think I would be all in, um, I was a lifeguard before I became any of this. And, you know, you learn about, you know, what if this person has AIDS and, you know, you have to, you know, stitch them up or something, something silly like that. And I'm like, well, somebody has to do it. And and I think that's the mentality that I have. And I think as long as we can step up, um, whatever, Recommendations, or maybe a new level of universal precautions that they give us. I think that I would I would be all in regardless.
3: Um, I I I watch a lot of doomsday movies. That's <laughs> kind of like what I like to watch. And, and there's everybody's depressed know,
0: now. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> thanks a lot.
3: <laughs> there, there's now a lot of a virus movies news out news. there and stuff, and you know, yet you, you start to run these scenarios through your mind like what's the future going to look like what's the new standard or universal precaution is it going to be me wearing a full face mask with a respirator on my back and uh, not running you know 60 70 patients through the practice in a day am I going to you know bring them in one at a time is it going to be to the point now where we have to completely eliminate insurance and go fee for service to make it a profitable business because with insurance, you have to see high volumes if you're going to participate. It might be a little breath of fresh air to say, get rid of the insurance companies and go back to more fee for -for service models if they're not going to pay us for this increased time that we have to take account for, for um, higher infection control standards. Uh, But, you know, at some point, I don't think we're going to be working in a hazmat situation the rest of our life. It's I, I find that hard to believe. If it gets to that point, I that's probably when I'm going to tap out of dentistry and look for that stay at home job. But uh, yeah, I was just curious on what everybody's opinions were there. But,
2: nobody nobody
1: thinks that that they're going to get it, or we um, right. have this invincibility mentality. Um, I, I kind of when I talk with colleagues and other. Um, people, we kind of um, kind of relate it to smoking. You know, you you know that you, there's cancer. There's stats that show it, it hurts your lungs, but that smoker never thinks that it's going to happen to them until it happens. So I kind of relate that to this virus. You know, it hasn't hit me. It hasn't hit anybody that I know. Um, and if it has, it hasn't hit them, you know, on a death level, so I think that's maybe why I'm more lax than other people, maybe I shouldn't be, that could just be, you know, ill thinking on my part, but, um, I think we're going to get past it, um, other countries that, you know, were hit first, you know, they're slowly, you know, slowly kind of peeking out of it, and again, you could say, it could mutate again, we don't know, but, um, Medicine nowadays, I mean, the the vaccines and the, you know, everything that we're able to do. I really think that, you know, we're going to come through this. I want to touch on the unity of the world right now, especially the United States, you know, Hanes, the cotton company and Gap, they're making um, masks and scrubs um, to donate. Also, I just read right before we got on this: GM, Tesla, and Ford are are creating ventilators for hospitals. Mm-hmm. So, just like on that on that level, all of these competing, you know, um, companies are literally coming together. You know, whether or not they don't like the president or they like the president, you know, they're coming together for this greater cause. And I think that's what's going to get us through.
0: Okay, well let's let's end on that, right? Because I mean, last time I feel like Kyle kind of you know lightened up the mood uh, when we he kind of said, "Hey, let's put a positive spin on this." So, do you guys see the unity in dentistry when it comes to the different Facebook groups and everything, and everybody's saying, "Hey, we can get this, you know, get get through this together." Do you guys see that, or is it as divided as it's ever been? No, I see
2: more unity. See, Unity, not just so much through dentistry, but through the entire, every time you turn on the news, it's everybody trying to come together and do something for each other. Not so much come together in big groups and breathe on each other, sort of come together. <laughs> yes, come together yes, yes Hillary,
0: some. we know we can't do that. <laughs>
2: let's give you some masks, let's give you some scrubs, let's give you some food, let's make sure you have computers, let's make sure we have internet access for our kids, let's make sure you know everything is taken care of in it's not just health care it's through the kids schools it's through making sure there's food there's meals on wheels there's i think it's come i think we've come together the division has stopped hopefully the division has stopped and everybody's coming together
0: you know in the end we all have our opinions about what where this is all going and we believe that yes maybe the government did a good thing some people say no they did a horrible job of explaining and i feel like there's a lot of confusion the first two weeks i'm gonna say last week and the week before there was a heck of a lot of confusion i mean I, I i don't know about you guys but i was like what do i do next and then you know i'll get this letter and then another revision from the ada or my local you know my state dental board and it was just all over the place right i feel like everything is starting to calm down a little bit but i do believe that in the end we can't do any good if we're not here to do good does that make sense so we have mm-hmm. to literally take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. That, to me, is where my mind is right now. You know what I mean? No matter about PPEs or anything like that, maybe we might find out that, you know, the level one mask is perfectly good for this virus. I mean, I don't know. All I know is we can't do any good. Or we can't help anybody else if we're not here to help anybody. I wanna thank everybody for coming on. Really appreciate you guys. And um just please stay safe and let's just do what we can to just help our patients, but make sure we take care of ourselves first. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at real with an s at gmail.com. That's real dentist r-e-a-l, dentist with an s at gmail.com. Remember the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.